and welcome to the workings of a spiritual mind. You're listening to Holly and today we are looking into Halloween because it's spooky season. It's the 21st of October as I'm recording this episode. So Halloween is right around the corner. It is fast approaching. So I figured October, spooky season, it's only fitting we look into Halloween, right? And when you think about it, how many times in your life have you gone to a fancy dress Halloween party? Or how many times have you dressed your kids out and you've gone trick-or-treating? And how many of you carve pumpkins at Halloween? Like, why do we do all these things? Where does it come from? So it's really quite fascinating to look into. And I've got a super interesting Irish myth for you surrounding a chap called Stingy Jack and why we carve pumpkins. Now, I know countries do celebrate it differently. And I guess that depends on your definition of what celebrating is. I mean, here in the UK, we don't celebrate it that much. We do have theme parks who have like fright nights and have like extended opening hours. And I've seen some houses put decorations out, but it's nowhere near the level that the Americans do. So if you're in the USA and are listening to this, and please correct me if I'm wrong, you guys go way out, like all out. It is fascinating to see like how far you guys go when you're decorating your own houses. It's super interesting. And I was lucky enough last year to be in Florida. My sister and I, we really like theme parks and roller coasters. So we thought, let's take a two-week trip to Florida and let's do like Universal and Disney. And we took a risk going in September, knowing it was hurricane season, but we figured it should be a bit cooler by then. Kids should be back at school. So theoretically, there should be less queuing time for rides. As it happened, there was a hurricane, Hurricane Ian. And we got stuck out there for a few days, but we made the most of it. And it was quite an experience. But when we were doing research for the trip, we looked at Universal's Halloween Horror Nights. And we looked at Disney's Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Because it looked like they started around of like the end of August, going through to like beginning of November before it flips into Christmas season. So we figured whilst we're out there at that time, let's try one. So we looked at the... Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. That looked a bit extreme for me, I'll be honest. Years ago, I used to be a massive fan of horror films, anything scary. And I've just grown out of that. So I don't really want to go around scary houses and look at creepy, gory things. I don't want to walk around the park and have someone scream in my face or jump out at me. Quite like a nice genteel Halloween, I'll be honest. So we ended up doing mickey's not so scary halloween party and it was great if you don't know what i'm talking about or if you're thinking about going there yourself this time of year have a look on youtube for some videos there's a chap i follow called tim tracker he is fascinating i really love him his voice just captivates me and it's so interesting to see him go into the parks and go in to do like all the halloween stuff and the christmas stuff so he has some really good videos if you want to have a look at that but it was great. It's a great experience for us. And at the end of the day, what sealed the deal for us really was they give you free candy, like free sweets. Like who doesn't want that? And they give you masses of them. By the end of the night, you have like a massive bag full of sweets. It's great. So I would highly recommend Mickey's Not So Scary Party. They have a fantastic parade and the fireworks are just amazing. So let's move on to where we think Halloween comes from. Like where does it all start? So Halloween began as the festival of Samhain. Now Samhain is spelt S-A-M-H-A-I-N. So it looks like it would be pronounced Samhain, but it's pronounced Samhain. And that was traditionally celebrated on the 1st of November in Ireland. And it was an ancient Celtic festival that celebrated the end of the harvest season and the beginning of the winter season. 
Now, during this time, it was believed the veil, the boundary between the physical world of the living and the spiritual world of the dead was at its thinnest and was able to be breached, allowing spirits, ghosts, fairies, monsters, ancestors to cross easily into our world. So measures were taken to protect against such things, such as lighting bonfires with fire thought to have protective and cleansing powers. Food and drink were left out in an attempt to appease those spirits, or people would have parties and dress up as monsters or animals so that fairies were not tempted to kidnap them. So it was almost like it was an attempt to confuse and frighten all those ghosts, those spirits, those fairies that crossed into our world to kind of frighten them back to where they belong. Now, in the 7th century, Pope Gregory III designated November the 1st as a time to honour all saints, all saints who had passed from physical to spiritual. And so All Saints Day was created, which incorporated some of those traditions of Sarwim. But by the 9th century, the influence of Christianity was spreading and it spread into the Celtic lands where it gradually blended with older Celtic rites. And at that time, it was widely believed that the church was trying to replace these ancient Celtic festivals with a much more related church-sanctioned holiday. With that influence became All Hallows' Eve, which was thought of as even before the 1st of November. All Hallows' Eve was later turned into Halloween. And over time, this evolved into daytime and evening activities such as the trick-or-treating, festive gatherings, carving jack-o'-lanterns, wearing costumes and eating treats, and also watching scary movies. All things that we do nowadays that would be completely unrecognisable to those who took part in the Sarwin Celtic ancient traditions. So on November the 2nd, that became known as All Souls Day. So then we had three kind of days around that time. We had the 31st of October, known as All Hallows' Eve, turning into Halloween. The 1st of November, known as All Saints' Day. And the 2nd of November, known as All Souls' Day. So All Souls' Day was celebrated similar to Sarwim, with the lighting of bonfires, dressing up in costumes, having parades and gatherings. Now, over the centuries, these three days merged into one day, namely Halloween. So All Saints Day was known as a day to celebrate those saints who had passed from physical to spiritual and now reside in heaven, whereas All Souls Day was thought to be more of a a dedication to those souls who hadn't transitioned and was thought to be stuck in purgatory. Now, in England and Ireland, during the All Saints and All Souls Day celebrations, the poorer people would visit houses of wealthier families. And when they knocked on their door, in turn, they would receive pastries that were called soul cakes in exchange for a promise to pray for the souls of the homeowner's dead relatives. This was known as soulim. And the practice was later taken up by children who would go from door to door asking for gifts. So instead of pastries, they'll be asking for gifts such as different food items, money, ale, which is thought of really as an early form of trick-or-treating. Now, Halloween isn't a night to be feared. It's kind of a time to just give a little extra thought to the fact that at the end of the day, we are all spiritual beings. Even though we reside in the physical world, we live here on the physical plane. We're eventually going to transition over to the world of spirit. And the spiritual meaning of Halloween marks just that. It marks the end of a cycle and the beginning of another. So it symbolizes that transition from life to death to rebirth. 
So it's quite fascinating when you look at it that way. So we can see where it all started with those ancient traditions that then evolved with the church getting involved, those traditions being mixed up, and then it changing into the Halloween that we know of today on the 31st of October. So if we look at a timeline, if we break it down a bit of where Halloween started and where we are today, it was over 2,000 years ago that the Celts celebrated Samhain. And then around 43 AD, Romans conquered the Celts and combined the festival of Samhain with two of their Roman festivals. And then many, many years later, 609 AD is when the Catholic Church established All Saints Day that fell on the 1st of November. And then in 1000 AD, the Catholic Church established All Souls Day that falls on the 2nd of November. In 1556 was the first recorded term of trick-or-treat. And in the 18th century, Irish travellers, they came to the USA, settled down. By doing so, they brought with them their traditions and festivities, such as carving faces into vegetables, which we're going to look at in a second. And then in the 19th century, Halloween in the USA started to become super popular. And then in the 1950s, trick-or-treating for candy became one of the most popular activities. And as I mentioned before, with the USA really celebrating, Halloween is one of the biggest holidays for candy sales in the USA. That doesn't surprise me. Who doesn't like candy, right? Especially free candy. So I have some interesting facts for you surrounding Halloween in this time of year. Some you may not know, some you might do. Fact number one. This is a no-brainer, really. October is the most popular month to release a horror film. Mm Mm-hmm. In fact, I can't even think of any horror films that have been released this October. But then would I really know that, considering I don't really watch those horror films anymore? Can you think of any? Number two. Now, the film Halloween, most people have heard of this film, right? Michael Myers, he was wearing that mask, wasn't he, to cover his face. Did you know that mask was actually a William Shatner mask with the eyes cut out? So William Shatner, if you're not too sure who he is, he was the original Kirk from Star Trek. And the sounds of stabbing was a knife being plunged into a watermelon. I didn't know that. Number three, the word witch comes from an old English word meaning wise woman. If that's the case, then I'll be happily called a witch. Number four, black and orange are the typical colours of Halloween. So orange symbolises strength and endurance and represents the harvest and the autumn. Whereas black is a symbol of death and darkness and acts as a reminder that Halloween was once a festival that marked those boundaries between life and death. Number five, in Scotland, women believe that they could see an image of their future husband if they hung wet sheets in front of a fire on Halloween. Other girls believe they could see their boyfriend's face if they looked into a mirror while walking downstairs at midnight on Halloween. Number six, a child born on Halloween is said to have the ability to talk to spirits. That ain't true. I wasn't born on Halloween. I was an April baby. Number seven, spiders are associated with Halloween, like bats. So it was said if a spider on Halloween falls into a candle or the flame of a candle, and is consumed by like the fire or the wax, it means witches are nearby. Fact number two on spiders, if you spot a spider on Halloween, it means the spirit of an ancestor is coming to see how you're doing. Fact number eight, the Conjuring films are based on true life, real life events, based on the paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren. Now I've been looking into Ed and Lorraine Warren, and we're going to do a separate episode about that, because that is super interesting to me, and kind of creepy. Number nine, it's very rare to have a full moon on Halloween. Yeah, apparently this occurs every 19 years with the last one in 2020. So we've got a bit of a long wait for the next one. 
Number 10, playing with an Ouija board is considered a popular game on Halloween. Okay, disclaimer, please don't play with Ouija boards. Whether it's just a fun thing that you think you're doing or whether you go around a friend's house and they say, ooh, let's play with a Ouija board, please don't do it. Ouija boards we're going to cover in, um, it's, it's like a form of divination. Like think of oracle cards, pendulums, tarot cards. Ouija boards are part of divination, but they are a little dangerous. Now, when I say that, I don't want you to freak out because we're not talking dangerous as in what you see in horror films. We're talking about it is a little dangerous because you can easily open doorways. So please don't play with the Ouija boards. But like I say, we'll cover things like that in another episode. Fact number 11, masks worn at Halloween were to ward off evil spirits. People believe souls of the dead would come back to walk the earth looking for souls to take back with them. So wearing a scary mask would be to scare off these spirits. Number 12, Michael Jackson's Thriller is the most played Halloween song. That doesn't surprise me at all. That's a great song. And the fact number 13, traditional bonfires contained actual bones. So the Celtic tradition of lighting fires, they sometimes threw animal bones into the flames to ward off evil spirits. So let's move on to this story that I want to tell you about carving of jack-o'-lanterns and where that has come from and this is a great great myth I absolutely love this and I think there are different slightly different versions of this depending on where you're getting your information from so the practice of carving faces into vegetables became associated with Halloween in Ireland and Scotland around the 1800s and jack-o'-lanterns originated from an Irish myth about a man named Stingy Jack who we're going to look into So several centuries ago in Ireland, there lived a drunkard of a man known as Stingy Jack. And he was known throughout the land and his local village as a deceiver and a manipulator. He liked his drink. He was an alcoholic. He didn't like people. He wasn't a nice chap to be around. Now, one night, the devil overheard the tale of Jack's evil deeds and of his malicious tongue. Unconvinced, but also a little envious of the rumours of a man residing in the physical world being so horrible, the devil went to find out for himself whether or not Jack lived up to his vile reputation. On one quiet evening, typical of Jack, he was drunk and wandering through the countryside at night when he came across a body on the cobblestone path. Now, the body had an eerie grimace on his face and it turned out to be the devil himself. When Jack realised that that was it, the devil's come to collect his malevolent soul, he made a last request. He said to the devil, look, I love my drink. Let me just drink ale before you take me to hell. So finding no reason to not accept this request, the devil took Jack to a local pub and supplied him with as many alcoholic beverages as he could drink. Once they'd finished drinking, he'd quenched his thirst. Jack asked the devil to pay the tab for his ale, much to the devil's surprise because he doesn't carry any money. So Jack convinced Satan to turn himself into a silver coin into which to pay the bartender and then just change back when he's not looking. So the devil did that. Impressed by Jack's deceitful tactics, the devil turned himself into a coin and Jack took the coin and put him into his pocket. But also in his pocket was a crucifix. So the crucifix's presence kept the devil from escaping and changing back to his true form. So Jack used this to his advantage. He coerced the devil to agree to his demands and in exchange for his freedom, he had to spare Jack's soul for 10 years. Ten years after the date Jack originally struck this deal, he naturally found himself once again in the devil's presence. It was a similar setting as before, and Jack seemingly accepted that it was his time to go to hell for good. 
So as the devil prepared to take him to hell, Jack asked if he could just have one last apple to feed his starving belly. But the apples were so far up the apple tree, he couldn't reach it. Foolishly, the devil once again agreed to his request and he climbed up to the branches of the apple tree. As the devil was climbing up the branches, Jack surrounded the base with crucifixes, once again trapping the devil. The devil, frustrated at the fact that he had been entrapped, once again demanded his release. And as Jack did before, he made another request, that you will never take my soul to hell. Having no choice, the devil agreed and he was set free. So eventually, being an alcoholic, the drinking took its toll on Jack and he died. His soul prepared to enter heaven through the gates of St. Peter, but he was quickly stopped in his tracks. Jack was told by God that because of his sinful lifestyle of his deceitfulness and maliciousness and his extreme of drinking, he was not permitted into heaven. So being turned away, Jack decided to try his luck by descending to the gates of hell and he begged the devil for admission into the underworld. But fulfilling his obligation to Jack, reminding him that we made an agreement, I can never take your soul to hell, he would not permit Jack to enter the underworld. So he gave Jack an ember to light his way like a piece of coal in which Jack placed this piece of coal into a carved out turnip. So denied both access to heaven and hell, Stingy Jack was doomed to roam the world between the planes of good and evil with only the ember the devil gave him forever lit inside a hollowed out turnip. So with the story of Jack's death, and the awareness that he has been denied to both heaven and hell, it was known that his soul was left to wander. And so people didn't want the soul of Stingy Jack to wander in their direction. They'd had enough of him when he was in the physical world, let alone being in the spiritual world. So the villagers began to make their own version of Jack's lantern, of the turnip he was carrying, by carving scary faces into their own turnips or potatoes and placing them in windows or doorways to frighten away Stingy Jack and any other wandering evil spirits that may be with him. So as Irish immigrants then started to travel over to the USA and make a home for themselves in the USA, the local population heard the myth of Stinty Jack. And in place of turnips and potatoes, they began to carve faces into pumpkins as these were more widely found, affordable, and were native to the land. So Stinty Jack became known as Jack of the Lantern that was later shortened to Jack-o'-lantern and the tradition of carving a face into a pumpkin has been kept ever since which I thought was amazing like we do carve pumpkins on Halloween like how many times you go to a supermarket pick up a, a nice round pumpkin and you carve a face a scary face or a funny face and we don't we just do it automatically we don't know where it's come from we don't know why we do these things so that is a story of Stingy Jack that's a great story so that's it. That's kind of it for today's episode. We've looked into where Halloween started, the old ancient traditions and where we are today. We looked at some fun, interesting facts, the timeline of Halloween and then Stingy Jack. So wherever you are around the world, I hope you enjoy your own celebrations of Halloween. You might not like this time of year and there's some people who don't. That's fine. If that's not for you, that's not for you. I mean, like I said before, with different countries celebrating in their own way, we as a family, as a household, we don't really celebrate Halloween. We don't do anything. We don't dress up. We do have trick-or-treaters that come round. So we kind of have to prepare ourselves by getting sweets because we do light a pumpkin and put it in the window. So here in the UK, if you don't have something outside glowing, like a pumpkin or a ghost or whatever, it's kind of known not to go to their house to knock on their door. If you have a pumpkin lit or candles or whatever in the window, then it's thought of as that this house will allow you to come knock on their door and they have treats for you. And I thought the other day, 
How many times do you have kids knock on the door trick or treating? And they say, trick or treat. And then you say trick. It kind of like stumps them. They like <laughs> they don't know what to do because it's not commonly thought of. We just automatically hand over free sweets. So we have prepared ourselves in our house. We have got some sweeties. We will light a pumpkin. But I will be honest with you, I kind of hope don't get in a trick-or-treaters and I can eat all the sweets for myself. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who does that, right? So that's it. That is today's episode. We've got something completely different for the next episode in mind that will come in the next couple of weeks. So wherever you are, wherever you may be, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, your evening. I wish you all the very best. Stay safe out there. Take care of each other and I'll catch you on the next episode.